penny for your thoughts. This podcast builds on the spirit and the values of those 19th century hard-working Welsh quarry workers and farmers whose one-penny contributions were critical to the foundation of Bangor University in 1884. They saw the value in making academic knowledge and research accessible to their community, and so do we at Bangor Business School. This podcast series brings together our cutting-edge knowledge, new theories, and our expert opinions and insight on important business matters to share with you, our podcast community. Tourism tax is not a new idea. In fact, if you've travelled, you are likely to have paid tourism tax that is worked into the airline ticket or the taxes you pay at your hotel or Airbnb. A tourist tax is different from the fee you pay for your visa and from value-added tax, which is a consumption tax placed on certain products and which you'll also find in many destinations. You're likely to encounter tourist taxes in more places in the future, as they're used to combat over-tourism, and one such place very close to home, or indeed home for some of our listeners, is in Wales, Cymru. We are joined today by Dr Rhea Gwillem, Economic Senior Lecturer at Bangor Business School, who is talking to us about his recent research advising consultation into Wales's tourism tax plans. Let's talk then about this this research that you've been busy doing for the Welsh Government. Um, can you explain a bit about you know what it is that they wanted you to do and what, what they wanted you to achieve with this work? Okay, so there were, there were really two aspects to, to the work that we did for them. Um, really what, what they wanted to do was to compare how the tourist industry in Wales is taxed in comparison to other similar uh, tourist economies. So the first job that we had to do was to go and identify similar tourism economies to to that in Wales. Uh, So we went and and got together a whole load of of data about the tourism sectors in different countries around Europe. And on the basis, uh, basis of that, tried to identify similar tourist economies uh, to Wales. And then the second aspect was for those that were similar to look at the tax regimes in those countries compared to the tax regime uh, in Wales and to, to think about the tax burdens on the tourist sectors in, in, those, different, in those different countries. So we compare the tax burden to uh, uh, on tourism industries in Wales to, to those in, in similar, I guess we can think of them as maybe competitor uh, economies. Penny for your thoughts, brought to you by Bangor Business School. Well, that's really interesting. Um, it sounds like uh, quite, a, quite a vast task then, this initial almost mapping exercise of European tourism to identify similar tourism economies and industries and um, how did you go about doing that and starting that? Yeah so the first job was to go and find as much data as we could about uh, tourism in different countries around Europe. We, we uh, decided to, to look at Europe uh, rather than the rest of the world just because of the quality of data that was available okay. so we went to places like Eurostat where we know that the uh, the data has been collected in a in a systematic manner for, for different countries. Uh, 
one one of the big challenges that we faced obviously is that Wales is not an independent nation state so when we're comparing Wales to uh, to other countries around Europe uh, the data that's collected for Wales is collected often in different ways okay. so so we had to try and find uh, data that was consistently collected for Wales and for and for other countries around Europe uh, so we've we're able to, to find that from, from various sources. Um, so Eurostat was one, but we, we looked at a variety of different uh, types of data relating to uh, the nature of the tourist, uh, of the tourist uh, sector in different countries, relating to um, the, the nature of tourism demand in different countries, but also just uh, data about the nature of the destinations as well, so things like weather and uh, uh, um, uh, population density and okay, stuff like that. Okay. So, so, so we got a wide a wide range of dis- different data relating to tourism uh, in different countries all around Europe, and then we carried out uh, what's called cluster analysis. So, what cluster analysis essentially is. Uh, let me try and give an easy example here. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if you think, if you ha- if I if I had a map, a two-dimensional map, and uh, let's say that there were a uh, uh, hundred uh, towns and villages on this map, and I asked you to group those towns and villages into five groups uh, based on the the distance between them, uh, so you could take a pen and you could draw five boundaries around those groups to to group the ones that were closest to each other. And essentially that's all cluster analysis is, um, except that when we were doing it, instead of having two dimensions, north, south and east, west, uh, we had 13 or 14 different variables. So, you know, we're using sophisticated uh, econometric software in order to do that for us. So what did that cluster analysis then show you in terms of, so you've got all the pieces of data that you're essentially piecing together like a jigsaw puzzle, and then you've conducted this complex statistical cluster analysis. What, what did that leave you with? We also carried out uh, cluster analysis at the regional level, um, at the Nutsri regional level. So uh, there are uh, 12 nuts three regions within wales and i can't remember but uh several thousand across the whole of europe wow Um, high number (laughs) yeah so so we carried out cluster analyses at the national level and at uh, the regional level and there was some consistencies across the two Um, obviously the data that we used in both was slightly different so the results were slightly different but what we found was uh that uh the countries in Europe that looked most similar to Wales in terms of their tourist sectors were Denmark, France, Norway, Sweden and the Netherlands. Uh, So in our report we turned them as close comparators and then we identified uh, another five slightly more distant comparators, so ones that were still reasonably similar to Wales but not quite as similar as those first five. So those slightly more distant comparators were our nearest neighbours in England, Ireland and Scotland, um, but also two of the Baltic countries, Estonia and Latvia. Penny for your thoughts.
brought to you by Bangor Business School. Okay, that's really interesting. France, Norway, Sweden and the Netherlands are the the countries that have um, the most similar sort of tourism economies and industries to, to that of Wales. Yeah, and if we had to pick one out, I'd say Denmark was the one that came out most okay. strongly similar. Yeah. So uh, it was closest in terms of our... Uh, national level analysis but also at the regional level as well so Wales's uh, nuts three regions actually ended up in three different groups uh, so one Cardiff was in was in was in the in that group and Copenhagen and a number of other similar uh, tourist economies ended up in that same group uh, the central valleys and eastern valleys two separate nuts three regions and they ended up in a group uh, with lots of other tourist economies across Europe but then the other nine nuts three regions in Wales all ended up in a group that we in our report we called it the rest of Wales group um, and actually every single region in Denmark outside of Copenhagen was in that group as well. That's really interesting I don't think I would have necessarily um, put um, uh, Wales in the same box as um, Denmark or even or even the Netherlands to be honest um, perhaps you know because they're our nearest neighbour I might have thought of England or um, Ireland um, but, but that's really interesting that they've come out as having the most um, similar tourism sectors um, any, any particular reasons why they're similar or you know what what distinguishing features make those sectors particularly similar? Yeah, so I actually got a similar question when we presented this work um, at the Welsh Government's tax conference last month. Um, there was somebody from Scottish Government who was there and he was surprised that uh, the Welsh and Scottish tourist economies weren't coming out as being highly similar. Uh, now, when we do this cluster analysis, it takes into account all the different data that we look that we, that we consider. So it's difficult to highlight specific aspects of the data uh, that are driving our results because it really encompasses all of those types of data I was talking about earlier. So uh, the tourism demand uh, factors, so things like um, the seasonality of tourism. Uh, supply characteristics, so things like the proportion of bed spaces that are, are in hotels as opposed to campsites, uh, the um, destination characteristics like the weather, and the overall value of tourism to the economy as well, which okay. me measured yes. in terms of things like um, uh, uh, contribution to GDP or contribution to employment so all of those are in there so I can highlight some of the areas where Wales is an outlier uh, in the data so one of those is in terms of bed places per capita so simply the capacity of the tourism sector in Wales uh, is higher than any other country in Europe uh, and the other was the proportion of that capacity that is on caravan and camping sites. Oh, so again, okay. in Wales, that's that's very high. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and so when we talked about 
Denmark as being close compared to Denmark is also high in those areas. Right, right. So it's, it's a lot more multifaceted and multi-layered than, you know, when you're initially comparing anecdotally, it's that there are many more layers to the comparison, I think, than you would initially sort of think of when, you, when you're looking at this. So you've got then, you, you've found your, your close comparators. Um, what did you then do? Did you move on to the second aspect once you'd identified these? That's right. So, so then what we wanted to do, once we'd identified these close comparators and the slightly more distant ones as well, we, we then uh, went to look at the tax codes in, in these different countries. And you can probably imagine that trying to compare tax regimes in different countries is actually, you know, there's so so much detail. The nature of the tax bases are, are very different and, and how uh, the tax systems work are, are very different. So we had to think of, you know, looking at broad metrics of how we could, could compare, but we also wanted to think more specifically about the types of uh, firms, the types of businesses mm-hmm. that are that are working in uh, the tourism economy, and and how they might be different from from the average as well. So when we think about tax in general, uh, you might have noticed that when I listed our uh, close comparator countries, uh, the Scandinavian countries, France and the Netherlands. Well, the Scandinavian countries and France in particular, and maybe Netherlands to a slightly lesser extent, uh, you know, are very much social democracies yeah. uh, compared to Wales in the UK having a much more uh, laissez-faire uh, economic regime in general. And when you look at tax revenues as a proportion of GDP, that's one of the things that really stands out that the UK uh, has a much lower uh, a much lower level of tax revenues um, than those close comparator countries. Obviously, that feeds through as well into government spending. That government spending in the UK and in Wales is generally lower as a proportion of GDP than it is in those close comparators. So, to that extent, Wales is much more similar in terms of its overall public finances to those uh, more distant comparators that we were talking about in the Baltic countries and uh, Ireland and, and the rest of the UK. So is it all tax in general that you looked at? Because um, I'm just thinking about this myself and thinking this, this must have been very complicated because you've got probably different sized businesses tourism businesses and then you've got different types of tourist tax that could be um you know um the taxes that you pay as a customer the taxes that are drawn by the government um so it sounds very complicated um did you look at everything or did you sort of put boundaries around this somehow and yeah so Tax systems in every country are hugely complicated. Uh, I think we, we say in our report actually how, how many pages the UK 
tax code runs to and, and it's thousands. I can't I can't Goodness remember me. now. <laughs> so so obviously we couldn't go into uh hu- you know, in, into the very nitty gritty of everything and we had to make lots of simplifying assumptions. Yeah. So for example, we didn't consider uh things like uh tax credits unless they were universal. So we didn't try to differentiate, you know, so if you're if you're a self-employed person running a, a, a tourist business of some sort, uh, the tax credits that you receive in different countries will depend on, you know, whether you're married, how many children you've got, and stuff like that. So we didn't go into those kind of details. We, made, you know, we, we we had to kind of take a simplifying approach. Mm. Uh, but if you if you look at our report, it still runs to over a hundred pages, and most of that is about. Uh, laying out the details of the tax systems yeah. but what we tried to do then for, the, for our readers was to uh, was to try and analyze that da- data that we've got in the report um, by looking at particular exemplars that we, we term, termed them so we looked at three different exemplars um, a, a micro business because so so much of the tourism sector in Wales but elsewhere as well is made up of micro businesses uh, quite often you know individuals uh, who are working on their own as, as self self-employed um, or you know maybe a, a couple running a B&B or some, mm-hmm. something of that sort so that there really are a lot of micro enterprises uh, within the tourism sector so so that was one of our exemplars we then looked at uh, uh, an SME, so uh, our exemplar was based around a, a, a 50 bedroom hotel with a bar and catering facilities. Uh, again, there are quite a few of those kind of independent hotels uh, in Wales's tourist sector, but also across, across other tourist sectors as well. Uh, and then our third example was uh, you know, a bigger chain hotel. Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Bangor Business School. Okay, so the context for this research then is that the Welsh Government is considering this um, introducing powers for local authorities to implement a visitor levy in Wales. Um, Do many of the comparator countries that you have identified have that type of of tax? Well, actually, as the 10 comparators that we identified, actually only two had a visitor, visitor levy. Uh, which were France and the Netherlands, which is somewhat surprising maybe because when you look at the uh, European Union as a whole, 18 out of 27 of the member countries have some form of of visitor levy or tourist tax. Specifically to the comparison countries, um, what about their taxes in general? Are there any big differences between their tax systems and and Wales? What, What did you find there? So again, going back to what I said, as a uh, as a kind of broad comparison, uh, those close comparator countries in Scandinavia, France, Netherlands, uh, have higher tax rates on average than Wales, um, but there are also some uh, quite distinct uh, differences when we looked at the different types of enterprises as well. 
So one of the features that came out quite strongly in our um, results was how uh, small the tax wedges on micro enterprises in the UK in comparison to those, to those other other countries. Mm. Uh, a few reasons for that. One of the, one of the big ones is the very high um, uh, threshold for for VAT registration in the UK. So in the UK, you only have to register for VAT if you have a turnover of eighty five thousand. Now that was an order of magnitude higher than most of the comparator countries, um, a lot a lot higher. So micro enterprises in all of our comparator countries would have to register for VAT, whereas uh, if you come in under that 85,000 threshold in the UK, which lots of micro enterprises will, then you don't have to register for VAT, so you don't pay any VAT at all. Um, So that's a really stark difference um, at that level. Also, taxes, income taxes um, and social security contributions in the UK are really highly progressive at the bottom end of the income distribution. So uh, you don't pay uh, any income tax at all uh, in the UK or any national insurance now on the first £12,500 of income. So uh, again, that threshold is much higher than it is in the comparator countries. So for these small micro-enterprises which given the nature of the tourist tourist sector, tend to have uh, very low income. Uh, They tend to be taxed much more lightly in the UK because of those two factors uh, than would be the case if you had a comparable enterprise with comparable levels of income. You know, there's been, I mean, I've seen a a lot of opposition on social media from various groups, and there's a lot of commentary um, in the public domain, including political parties and and tourism trade groups as well. Um, You know, it's very visible. Um, uh, And this is the opposition to um, Welsh Assembly Government's proposals for a visitor levy. Um, Do you think their concerns are, are justified? Well, clearly, if your if your job is to represent the sector, then you're clearly going to be concerned about anything that is going to add costs to that sector, and a, a tourist tax would do that. Uh, so I can understand why they're being vocal in their opposition uh, to to this tax uh, or to this proposed tax. Now, to my mind. Uh, if we if we look at the evidence that we've provided in our, in our report, what that evidence really shows, I think, is that for uh, for micro enterprises within the tourism sector in Wales uh, at present, the tax burden that they shoulder is actually pretty low on an international comparison. Uh, when we look at uh, larger companies then it's much more comparable to uh, international equivalents. Uh, But the biggest difference between Wales and the rest of Europe, or 
Europe outside of the UK is the nature of the VAT regime. Okay. And so if you really want to be if you're if you're worrying about the tax burden on on tourist related uh, uh, businesses, maybe your focus should be a bit more on the VAT regime rather than on an overnight stay tax. Um, on the other hand, what I'd say is well, the reason that. Welsh Government has uh, put forward for wanting to uh, levy a, a tourism tax is to be able to uh, increase the quality of the tourism offer that we have in Wales at present. And I think again our report provides some evidence that uh, we have a relatively low value-added tourism sector at present. Uh, so would those extra revenues uh, allow Wales to up its game in terms of it, in terms of its tourist tourism off offering. Well, that of course depends on how those revenues are used, uh, but that could be a potential upside uh, for particularly for businesses in in the tourism sector. Uh, so I think you know it's a it's a complex picture, and there are arguments either way. There are also arguments in terms of you know should we be targeting a tax. Uh, as the Welsh Government seems to be doing at the moment uh, on, on overnight stays as opposed to on day visitors. The Welsh tourist economy relies um, a lot on day visitors and uh, if anything that, that's an even lower value added se sector than, than overnight stays. So is, is it quite the, the optimal tax that we could have? Um, I, th I think there are lots of questions to be answered around that. That's really interesting, and I, and I think so. I think you've highlighted that, that there are more questions to be answered. And just from a personal note, I wonder where you might be going in terms of your research direction with this now. Has anything captured your interest and uh, in terms of what you might focus on next on the back of this report? Well, I think it's very clear that tourism is an important sector in the Welsh economy. It does employ uh, large numbers of people. It does make a significant contribution to GDP. But I think it's also clear that uh, it doesn't quite uh, provide the types of returns that it might do or that it does do in other, in other countries. Um, so I think there are there are lots of questions around uh, tourism and the role that it can have in the Welsh economy and in Welsh economic development, and how you know how taxes and public finances in general can be used to try and lever the tourist sector into uh, providing the types of jobs and the type of um, uh, economy that we want to have in Wales. I think is a, is. You know, is a is a is an interesting question, an interesting area. Whether, it, as you say, we we, you know, our, our work maybe has opened up more questions than yeah. the, <clears throat> than than it's uh, than it's answered. Um, so there's there's still plenty 
plenty more work to be done. So you mentioned our work there, so just for our podcast community who are listening and may be interested, who, who are your co-authors with this report? Uh, so on, on this report, uh, my colleagues uh, Sarah Cross-Davis, uh, Helen Rogers and Ed Jones all worked, uh, the four of us worked together on this um, and uh, we've had a, a bit of a history of working together on various uh, tax um, uh, related projects, uh, particularly relating to, to, the, to the Welsh economy. Um, so we've got a, a bit of a working group in, in that area within Vanguard Business School that we're uh, looking to grow and develop over the coming years. So um, so stay tuned to this podcast yeah. and you might hear um, about some more of our work in, watch in this, the future. Watch this space. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Rhys, for such um, an interesting conversation today. Um, I've learned a lot and I will certainly be... Um, having a read of that report and um, learning more about um, what you found and um, the processes. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Penny for Your Thoughts brought to you by Bangor Business School. Subscribe through your usual podcast channel and don't forget to like and share.